his death and resurrection from Mark chapter 9, beginning with verse 31. Excuse me, chapter 8, beginning with verse 31. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? May God continue to bless our understanding of this sacred text. Will you pray with me? O gracious and loving God, may the meditations of all our hearts, our minds, and our souls be pleasing unto you this day and always. Amen. Peter, Peter, Peter. Peter. I keep cheering you on, hoping you'll rise to your calling of being the perfect disciple. But again and again, Peter, I'm sorry, but you disappoint. Of course I want you to be the perfect disciple because then maybe there's hope for me. But again and again, you prove your simple yet divine humanity, just like the rest of us. Well, we all know the story, of course, when you, Peter, vehemently denied that you would never betray Jesus. You didn't listen when Jesus told you that that's exactly what you would do. And by the time the the rooster crows, you had denied knowing Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. And then there's that, that moment at the transfiguration, Peter, you know, when Jesus takes you up to the mountaintop introduces you to Elijah and Moses, and Jesus is transformed before your very eyes into dazzling white. And instead of being fully present and listening and standing in awe, you, you step in and suggest building a tent, an altar, to mark the spot. If you were alive today, Jesus, uh, Peter, I imagine you would have probably pulled out your iPhone and tried to take a selfie, rather than just being present and listening to the moment. God Almighty has to appear in a cloud and proclaim to you and the other disciples, stop thinking about building altars. This is my the son, my beloved. Listen to him. And then this story from today's scripture. Peter, Jesus was trying to tell you the very important news that yes, he was going to experience great suffering and rejection and betrayal and yes, be killed. But after three days, he would rise again. And what do you do? You have the audacity to rebuke Jesus. Who does that? Who rebukes Jesus? 
Well, apparently you do, Peter. And Jesus has to rebuke you in return and once more say, Peter, listen to me. You keep focusing on the wrong things. You're focused on human things. Well, I'm trying to teach you to focus on divine things. Listen up. Well, as much as Peter frustrates me, it's his bumbling humanity that actually endears him to me. Peter gives me hope because just like me, he keeps messing up and Jesus keeps forgiving him and loving him anyway. Well, like the poet Sarah R. writes, again and again, I will try with good intentions to walk with love, but again and again, I will make mistakes. Again and again, I will say the wrong things. Again and again, they will call me Peter. Again and again, they will be right. So again and again, I will pray for truth, for ears that will listen, and for the space to hold truth. Well, perhaps it's the hard truths that Jesus shares with Peter that makes it so hard for him to listen. Who can blame Peter for not really wanting to admit that he just might not have it in him to stand up for Jesus when the authorities come looking for them. And just prior to today's story, Peter has been traveling with Jesus and the other disciples, witnessing miracles like feeding the 4,000 and healing the blind man. Well, those truths are a lot easier to pay attention to than the difficult truth that Jesus would suffer and suffer greatly. And maybe even the harder truth that Jesus tells the disciples that if they want to truly be his followers, they would need to take up their own crosses. And the confusing truth that those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for Jesus' sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. But again and again, Jesus is inviting Peter and us to listen. The Lenten journey calls us to examine the things in which our hearts are invested. How important is comfort to us? Would we be willing to listen to hard truths and be changed by them, even if it proved to be difficult? Or are we committed to only listening for what seems good, easy news, and tuning out hard truths? Lent is the perfect time to consider our own discipleship, to listen for the ways that Jesus is inviting us to walk in the path of love and justice, of mercy, compassion, service, and grace. But listening, listening is hard, isn't it? Especially if we might hear something that makes us uncomfortable. But even though the gospel is truly full of good news, it is also full of hard truths. And that might just make us uncomfortable. Well, author Sarah Bessie, in her new and lovely book, A Rhythm of Prayer, includes this introduction to her collection of prayers. She writes, May you find a rhythm of prayer that makes you sway, makes you kneel, makes you dance. May you be blessed with discomfort, wonder, curiosity about the story with which we all continue to wrestle. May we be quieted by this love. May your striving and hustling pause for just a moment so you can know love is with you. May you experience the surprising, surprising, open-door, generous, invitational, creative, disruptive, welcoming love of God. 
and may you leave these pages filled with unexpected hope. What a beautiful wish for us as we enter into prayer. Did you hear the words of wonder and dancing and curiosity, hope and love? But were you listening? Did you also hear the wish for us to be blessed with discomfort and for our prayers to be disruptive? Like Peter, we might want to skip right over those words and not listen to those hard truths, for listening to God may mean we will become discomforted. Listening to God may disrupt our lives in ways we never imagined. Did we hear what Jesus told Peter? Yes, I'll suffer. Yes, I'll be rejected. Yes, I'll be killed. But yes, after three days, I will rise again. We've got to keep listening to those hard truths or we might miss the end of the story. And for in the story, there will always be good news. So how do we listen? Frederick Buechner suggests that perhaps we begin listening for God in our very own lives. He writes, listen to your life. See it for the fathomless mystery it is in the boredom and pain of it no less than the excitement and gladness. Touch, taste, smell your way to the holy and hidden heart of it, because in the last analysis, all moments are key moments, and life itself is grace. So how do we listen? We remember that Lent is the very season in which we are reminded to turn from sin, that which separates us from God, and focus our attention on that which brings us closer to God, listening to scripture, listening in prayer, listening in the quiet, listening to someone in need, listening to that which may feel inconvenient. But you may ask, when we're listening, how do we know what we're hearing is from God? Amina Brown answers that very question in her poem aptly titled, She Said, How Do You Know When You Are Hearing From God? Well, I share with you now a portion of her beautiful poem. She said, how do you know when you're hearing from God? I wanted to say, put your hand in the middle of your chest. Feel the rhythm there. I wanted to say to you, we'll find the holy text in so many places, on crinkly pages of scripture, in dusty hymnals, in the creases of a grandmother's smile. The way that grandmother clasps her hands, the way she prays, familiar with reverence, as if to dignitary and friend. The way she sings a simple song from her spirit and porches turn into cathedrals. You don't have to be inside the four walls of a church to cry out to the God who made you because no matter where you sing or scream or whisper, God's ears can hear you. How many of us, just like her, just like me, just like you, are still searching, still questioning, still doubting? I know I don't have all the answers. I know I never will that sometimes the best thing we can do is put our hands in the middle of our chest, feel the rhythm there, turn down the noise in our minds, 
in our lives and whisper, God, whatever you want to say, I am here. I am listening. May it be so. Amen.